This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday to hear here at the Cleveland Sports Show, but also a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in on a couple of sports updates that we have for you today. But first, let's get you started off with your sports fact of the day. Today is August 21st, my very last day of summer, unfortunately. But on this day in 1990, the Los Angeles Dodgers blow an 11-1 lead by surrendering two runs in the eighth inning and nine in the ninth inning to lose by a final score of 12-11 to to the Philadelphia Phillies at home in Dodger Stadium. Dodger hurlers Dave Walsh, Tim Cruz, and Jay Howell combined to allow the nine Philadelphia runs in the ninth, all before the second out is recorded. The three pitchers give up three singles, two doubles, a homer, and three walks. Shortstop Joe Offerman contributes to the debacle with two errors. John Crook ties the score 11-11 with a three-run homer. The winning tally crosses the plate on a single a stolen base, and on a double from Carmelo Martinez. Talk about a crazy comeback from the Philadelphia Phillies all the way back on this day in 1990. We're switching from baseball. Now we're going to talk about MLS soccer for a little bit here. The defending champs, Atlanta United, have taken the first place position over Philadelphia, but the two teams are tied exactly Um, In terms of points, Atlanta United does have one more win, however, than Philly does. Atlanta with 14 wins, 3 draws, 9 losses on the season. Philadelphia Union with 13 wins, 6 draws, 8 losses, also combining them for 45 points. NYCFC take the 3rd spot with 41. 2 points behind them is DC United with 39 points. In the Western Conference... All LAFC need is one more win, and they will be the first team in the MLS this year to reach 60 points. 25 matches played so far. 18 of those 25 matches wins. Four of the remaining seven have been draws, and then, of course, three losses on the season as well. A wild and uh, quite a large margin of 16 points behind them is where second place uh, officially begins. At this point in the Western Conference, it's really the race for second place because almost everyone knows that you're not going to catch up to LAFC. At this point, Minnesota United leads um, the battle for second place in the West. 42 points on the season thanks to 12 wins, 6 draws, 8 losses. The LA Galaxy with 41 points have 13 wins, 2 draws, and 11 losses on the season. Real Salt Lake and the Seattle Sounders round up the 4th and 5th positions in their respective conference as well. Our top scorers in the MLS so far this year include LAFC's very own Carlos Vela. One major reason why they most likely will reach, uh, be the first team in the MLS to reach 60 points this year. 24 goals on the season. Jose Martinez of the Atlanta uh, United the defending champs, 21 goals on the season. Zlatan Ibrahimovic of the LA Galaxy, 20 goals. 
Diego Rossi, LAFC, 13 goals on the season. And here is finally a new name on the top scorers list for the MLS this year. Heber from NYCFC has a total of 12 goals on the season to round up your top five goal scorers in the MLS. Three games today in the MLS, one featuring Ohio's own Columbus crew. They'll be on the road to take on NYCFC today at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. DC United will face the Red Bulls today at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then the defending champs, LAFC, hosting the San Jose Earthquakes tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time from Los Angeles. And the Columbus crew have had a week to remember here, finally not losing. They actually picked up their third draw in a row this past Saturday, the 17th, at, uh, at home at Mapfre Stadium against Toronto FC, tying that game 2-2 two -to -two after tying FC Cincinnati 2-2. Two -to -two. In the 42nd minute, Jonathan Osorio of Toronto scored to put the Canadians up one to nothing, and then the crew score the next two goals, thanks to Pedro Santos and David Akam giving the crew a 2-1 to lead, but in the final minutes, Josie Altidore comes in to score and ties the game at 2-2, heartbreaker for the crew, but nonetheless, they do gain an extra point. FC Cincinnati, however, it's been a rather unfortunate decline. After that draw against Columbus, um, Two weekends ago, this past, uh, or Saturday the 10th, FC Cincinnati faced off against NYCFC and lost 4-1 to the final score in Cincinnati at home. The next game for FC Cincinnati will include them hosting the Columbus crew before they head off to Dallas, Texas to take on FC Dallas. And in terms of standings for both of these teams, the Columbus Crew and FC Cincinnati are still officially the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Neither team hitting 30 points yet. Columbus with 27 with one more win will be able to reach 30. The Crew with 7 wins, 6 draws, but 14 losses on the season. FC Cincinnati, and even worse, 26 matches played, 5 wins, 3 draws, but 8 losses. And that concludes our MLS portion of the show. I want to move into some quick WNBA updates before we move on. The Washington Mystics still remain in first place in the Eastern Conference. They've won five in a row, nine and one in their last ten. Twenty and seven is their overall record. Ten and three at home and ten and four on the road, giving them a combined twenty and seven record. The Connecticut Sun, nineteen and eight on the season. 8-2 in their last 10, winning three in a row. The Chicago Sky, 16-11. They've won, uh, they won their most previous game. Although being 6-7 uh, on the road, they, are a, uh, they have a confident record at home. 10-4, their overall record. In the Western Conference, the Aces, 19-9, winning four in a row. 8-2 in their last 10. The LA Sparks, 16-10 on the season. 8-5 um, against their conference opponents. 10-2 at home. 6-8 on the road, however. May have to clean up that road record if they want to take the top spot in the West. The defending champions, the Storm, are only two games above 500. 5-5 five five in their last 10 games. They're 10-4 at home, but 5-9 on the road. 
And our top, or excuse me, games we have, uh, we don't have any for you today, unfortunately, in the WNBA. But tomorrow we have a doubleheader. The Wings and the Minnesota Lynx face off tomorrow. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. Eastern time for that game. And then the Fever and Los Angeles Sparks tip off from L.A. at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Our top scorers uh, in the WNBA this year include Brittany Greiner, Diwana Boner, Elena Deladon, Natasha Howard, and Tina Charles in that order. Um, each player averaging around 18, 19 points per game in the WNBA. And of course, the Indians continue their New York road trip, of course, finishing their series with the New York Yankees, but had a little bit of trouble, especially last night, against the streaking uh, and winning these last few games, the New York Mets. Seawald sets to the shoulders. Now the pitch. Swung in and missed strike three. Put it in the box. Seawald with a fastball punches out. Naquin strikes out three in the inning. And the Mets have taken the opener of this three-game series from the Cleveland Indians. So an unfortunate result for the Indians last night, falling to the New York Mets by a final score of 9-2. to the Indians uh, were trailing after the second inning by a score of 2-1. to one. They were able to tie the game uh, in the fourth inning, but in the sixth and seventh inning, they gave up a combined six runs total and then an additional run in the eighth inning to eventually lose the game 9-2. to uh, At this point, the Indians are 74-52, and 52, their overall record. The Mets, like I said, have been winning a lot of games lately. They're 65 and 60, five games above that 500 mark. But let's give you an update on the last few games for the Indians. Now, we talked about their 19 to 5 hammering of um, the Yankees. Then they lost to the Yankees that same night, or excuse me, the, the night after, 3 to 2. This past Saturday, the Indians lost to the Yankees again um, by a final score of 6 to 5. After taking a 2-0 lead in the first inning, the Indians give up a run in both the second and third innings. They gave up two more in the fourth inning as well. And although they outscored the Yankees by two runs to one in the fifth inning, it was really all little uh, too late as the Yankees eventually defeated the Indians by a final score of 5-6. However, in their final game of the series, the Indians defeat the Yankees um, by a final score of 8-4 to four this past Sunday. Indians took a convincing 4 nothing lead after the second inning, hit another run in the fourth inning to have a 5 nothing lead, and then guess what, in the sixth inning, how about another run? A 6 nothing lead for the Indians. The Yankees did score two runs in the seventh inning. Indians able to score in the two runs in the eighth inning, and although... The Yankees put on an additional two runs in the ninth inning. It was too little, too late. The Yankees are 83-43 and 43 after that loss to the Indians. As I mentioned, the Indians 74-52 and 52 after last night's loss to the New York Mets. And let's see what Indians head coach had to say about Shane Bieber and his performance last night in New York. 
I actually thought he was pretty good. Um, you know, coming off a week where we were sick, we kind of wanted to keep an eye on him, but he looked fine. I mean, well, he gave up the, 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 the early home run. And then, unfortunately, you know, we get the, you know, instead of having two outs, nobody on, it's a runner on second, and he's got a really pitch, and he'll have to break them all up and confort open. And from there, the game just got away from us. So those were the words from Terry Francona on Shane Bieber's performance and how, you know, the events in the beginning of the game just really took the Indians down, unfortunately not able to bounce back from those early mistakes. However, the Indians do have another chance to take down the Mets. They have two more games in New York um, against the Mets. Of course, tonight they face the Mets at 7.10 Eastern Time, and then tomorrow at that same time as well. So my first day of school, watch an Indians game, maybe, maybe not. Not sure, but what I do know is the Indians do play the Nets or the Mets, excuse me, at 7:10 tomorrow, as well to conclude that three-game series against New York. They'll then come home for a three-game series at Progressive Field against Kansas City. Our final Indians update includes the overall standings for Major League Baseball. Even after that eight-to-four loss on Sunday, the Yankees are still first place in the American League East at 83-44. and 44. The defending champs, the Red Sox, struggling a bit. Only seven games above 500. 67-60 is their overall record. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, but they're 500 at home at Fenway Park. In the American League Central Division, the Indians are starting to fall behind against the Minnesota Twins. If you do remember, the Indians were able to actually take first place in the American League Central Division, but now with those losses, uh, some of those losses in New York has uh, hurt the Indians a little bit here, but they're only three games behind. 74-52, and 52, their overall record. 4-6 and six in their last 10, though. They haven't been playing as well as they need to be. But the Twins, 77-49, and 7-3 in their last 10 games. In the American League West, the Astros and Athletics take the top two seeds there. The National League, Braves, Nationals, and Phillies take the top three places in the National League East. In the National League Central Division, Cardinals are 67-57 and 57 on the season. The 2016 champs, the Cubs, 67-58, and 58, and the Milwaukee Brewers, 64-62. and 62. And finally, in the National League West Division, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 83 and 44 still. 60 uh still first place, excuse me. 49 and 16 at home, 34 28 on the road, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Diamondbacks, Giants, Padres and Rockies concludes um those standings for the National League West. And of course, Browns fans, game 2 of the preseason, four games total for this 2019 preseason, and the Browns had another game in Indianapolis against the Colts. Gilbert looks that way and finds a man wide open touchdown. Jalen Strong. Browns are on the ball. And that's right, Jalen Strong with the touchdown for the Cleveland Browns, and it only got better from there as the Browns were able to defeat 
the Indianapolis Colts by a final score of 21 to 18. The Browns score, um, excuse me, scored seven points in each of the th in three of the four quarters, giving them 21 points heading into the fourth quarter. Indianapolis did score 10 points uh, in the combined second and third quarters. Um, they did score eight of their own to nothing for the Browns, but it was um, not enough to surpass Cleveland. And another big reason of why this was such a big win for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, and some of the other well-known Brown starters um, rested for the game in Indianapolis. So this was really a uh, much, uh, much bigger game for the youngsters, especially for Garrett Gilbert, who really shined and performed extremely well for the Browns last Saturday in that victory against Indianapolis. The Browns are now 2-0 on this four-game preseason trip. And let's see what Browns analyst Garrett Gilbert had to say from Indianapolis after the Browns got their first official um, preseason road win. Now this was a sloppy game. There were a ton of penalties out there, and I'm sure Freddie Kitchens will want to get that cleaned up. And then the other big issue, I thought, was once again the kicking games. The Scottish Hammer and Britton Cole, they put on a show as punters. The Hammer with a 74-yard punt, the Cole with an elegant wedge down to about the 5-yard line in the coffin corner to pin the Colts back. But the field goal kickers, yes, they were true. Three for three on the extra points, but both Joseph and Austin Seibert missed their lone field goal attempts on the day. Joseph about 53 yards, as I mentioned at the end of the first half. Seibert about 52 yards in the fourth quarter. Joseph wide right, Seibert wide left. So another opportunity to take us, take an advantage, take a hold in this kicking race. We'll have to wait another week. And we will have to wait, as of now, only about two days until the Browns play again. Though this for upcoming Friday, the 23rd, the Browns will be, will be in Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. That game officially begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Browns will then head back home to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, 7.30 on um, the 29th of August, to take on the Detroit Lions for their final preseason game. And ladies and gentlemen, that just about wraps up our show this week. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Wednesday or whichever day you're listening to this to listen to the Cleveland Sports Show. Before I go, I of course have to let you know that if you haven't been on my Twitter account um, recently, there's a lot of new postings and a lot of other um, work I've done at WAKR, uh, the WAKR Radio Network. Um, with Ray Horner, I did an analysis on the Cleveland Cavaliers. And once the Cavs season begins, I'll be doing weekly updates on Ray Horner's show um, on the Cavs week and what has been transpiring between the, um, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Also, with the new school year starting, there's a lot of new information on NordoniaHills.news about the Nordonia Hills community. So if you haven't been there, check that out and maybe listen to some of my podcasts on there. Of course, I have to mention that the Cleveland Sports Show is officially on Spotify, so you can take the Cleveland Sports Show with you now, wherever you may be, if you miss my 
updates on sports. You'll always have the Cleveland Sports Show with you on Spotify. But until our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Cleveland Sports Show. We'll have so much to talk about in our next episode, especially with the Browns' regular season almost underway. Until our next episode, guys, take care, and thank you for listening.